everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today is book club. I'm so excited to talk about this book. We both loved this book. This book I think I read in in 13 hours. I've probably said that before, but I just love this book. I'm really excited to talk about it because I think what you and I took away from the book was completely different, which is kind of funny. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into the book, should we do our highs and lows? Yeah. Becca, what's your high? Well, Are you watching Syrian right I now? I am. Yeah, my high might be that he looks really cute. He's wearing a sweater. He just jumped on a stool and he's wagging his tail. Yeah, he he's his winter clothes are out, so we're having some fun. Um, no, but that's not my real high. My real high is that um, on Tuesday, I put up my Christmas tree. I decided to just get started on Christmas early because Thanksgiving's late this year, and then um, we're on vacation the next week. So I put up my Christmas tree, and it brings me an unreasonable amount of joy to sit in the light of of Christmas tree lights. Yeah, absolutely. I um I'm I told you this, but I'm struggling. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get a tree this year cuz I want to get a real tree, but it's just not worth the mess for like the fact that I'm only in December I'm here for like a week total. Uh, I've done a real tree twice in my life and I'm I'm not into it. I mean, it's it's nice. It looks nice. It smells nice, but I can't deal with the shedding of pine needles that drives me nuts. It's really bad. Like I have to vacuum every day. But I already vacuum like every day because of this one. Oh, and I think for me, I like cheesy Christmas stuff. So I'm not trying to make like, you know, you've seen those trees that are like beautiful and everything's white on them and they're very like themed. And I'm like, I have this flamingo ornament. I have this penguin ornament. Like yeah. my lights are rainbow. Like it's cheesy. Yeah. So I don't I don't really care about having a fake tree. Oh, I really want a real tree. I just always had a real tree growing up and I love the way that my whole apartment smells so amazing like when you wake up in the morning i know you can get a candle but it's not the same wish one year i found this um they were like diffuser sticks yeah at pier one and they smelled so good it smelled just like a christmas tree and i'm really sensitive to overpowering smells like i find a lot of candles to be too much yeah and this one was perfect but then i never found it again Because that could have been your solution, just like hide yeah. it behind the fake tree. No, I think I'm just not going to decorate this year, which is just so lame. I'm so excited to to decorate. Like in my last apartment, it was much smaller. And so if I put up a Christmas tree, it was like, okay, you can put up a tree, but then you like can't use this seating or like it blocks the TV. Like it, there was always something dumb with it. Yeah. So it makes me really happy to have a tree. I need more decorations. I have some more – Some I have those – Um, you know what you might love – have you heard of pornaments? Oh, I saw them on your story. I don't yeah. need more Christmas tree ornaments, but I need other stuff. Oh, like I wonder okay. if I should get like silver garland or something for like my bookshelves. I don't know. Oh, that feels extra. I don't know. I don't know if I hate that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, what's your high? Um, I have two. So first of all, my sister and I have started a little tradition for our birthdays where we take each other out for like a really nice sushi dinner. Um. And so we went out last weekend for it, for her birthday. I love this. You're like starting fancy dinner traditions with different people. I know. So, so like, we have ours for the food. podcast. You have one with your sister. Yeah. You're like, I'm going out to a fancy dinner every week because I have this bargain with 15 people. I know. I know. <laughs> no, it's just my sister and you. But um, so far. Yeah, so far. It's really fun. And we it, we only do it twice a year because of our birthdays. We're going to have to figure out some other reasons to do it because – our birthdays are pretty close. Like mine's September 27th and hers is November 6th. Where did you go? We went to Katsui, 
which is in Park Slope. They have the best omakase. Ooh. Yeah. I think I'm too picky for omakase in most in most cases. I don't I don't think you'd like it. Um what? it's cuz it's like whatever they feel like giving you. I know. There's there was a few things like I don't like uni. I just don't I don't like uni either. Yeah. But everything else I loved. There was the toro was the best toro I've had in my life. Like it was like butter. It was so good. What's your other high? My other high is what we did this week. We got to go to the New York Pi- Public Library before it opened. Um, and it was just so cool seeing that room completely emptied out. Um, we saw some of our favorite bookstagram friends. We met some new ones. Um, the library is just, it's like pr- one of the most beautiful rooms in the city. And it was so cool getting to see it all emptied out. It was very cool. Yeah. What about on the low front? Um, okay. <laughs> so this is like this week and last week are like my craziest weeks of the year for work. Like, I have so much work. On top of that, I have so many events. So like morning stuff, night stuff, like multiple trips into the city, plus juggling a lot of stuff with brands. So that's all fine because when you work for yourself, when you're busy, it means you're making money, which is obviously very good. But um, I did something dumb. Well, not I don't know if it's my fault or his fault. So what happened was there was a guy that I was like very excited to go on a date with tonight. And um, – so on Monday, after you and I did that thing with the Hellmark channel, I um, I messaged him about, like, where we were going. And I had been like, oh, could we actually go closer to me in Williamsburg? And then he wrote back immediately and was like, yes, how about this place? I forgot to message him until last night, which is Wednesday night, so it was two days. Okay. But it was for tonight. So I had it – I put the date on my calendar. I told you. I was like, I have a date. I'm excited. And then – so last night after the Sarah Flint event, which like I got home and I was just brain dead, um, I, <laughs> I I go to message him and I look in my hinge matches and he's just gone. He unmatched you? He unmatched me. And I think he unmatched me for my slow response time. Oh, that's so savage. I was going to send like a really apologetic note and just be like, I'm so sorry. This is like my crazy time with work. Um like literally, like I bar- I'm barely sleeping right now, and he just unmatched me. So I was just like, it was so it was just so startling to go in, and I don't have a lot of matches because like I mostly use Hinge for like entertainment at this point. Like I love going and finding crazy bios and things, and I just I was so shocked. Wow. Yeah. That's it, it hurt. I was just like, oh, because I really was excited. That feels unreasonable. Like. Tr- if it was two days, it's not that bad. If he, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't great. But if he then was like, "Oh, I made other plans for that night, and he could no longer do tonight," I would get that. He was like, "Oh, totally. I didn't hear from you, so I, you know, did I'm doing something else." But like to be like, "I'm no longer interested in you." Yeah, maybe communicate. Like, maybe fast communication is one of his things. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm usually like pretty good. I don't have notifications on Hinge. I don't have it for anything because. I have it for some for text. Like you and Alex, I get notifications for. My family, I get notifications for. My family group text, I do not get no- notifications for. I don't like to have a lot of notifications because my phone is just always lighting up. Then, so I didn't even. I don't. E- I didn't even see it because I didn't log in. Do I need to get notifications set up? Like no. I mean, I he's think he's just not my person. I was gonna say like it's not meant to be. Yeah. In not in like a fate way, but like. You're not the right person for him if he gets agitated after, you know, not somebody not responding on a dating app after two days. Yeah. 
I mean, I had no skin in the game. We hadn't ever gone out. But I like, you know, those people where you see them and you're like, oh, I think that we'd really hit it off. Maybe he's a serial killer. Maybe you dodged the bullet. <laughs> Maybe I did. So that was a bummer, but it's fine. <laughs> what about you? Um, mine's really stupid, but um, so I was at a wedding last weekend in Philadelphia. It was my friend. so fun. It was really fun. It was my friend Elizabeth's wedding. Um, it was at the Union League in Philadelphia, which was really nice. It was a gorgeous wedding. She was gorgeous. It was my fourth out of five weddings this year, so it was a lot. But um, honestly, I, it feels like there's been more. I feel like you because well, there's so many wedding. bachelorettes too. Um, but to be blunt, like I drank a ton on Friday and Saturday night because you know yeah. we we there was a welcome drink thing and then on the wedding and at the after party. Grace, I feel like I will never be hydrated fully again. I know that feeling where it's not that I I'm not hungover. It, even on Monday when I got back, like it's it's not like it's a prolonged hangover like i'm just like wow i could drink three liters of water a day and i'm still like at a negative yeah maybe um have you ever taken like drip drop or liquid iv or something i love liquid iv do you have any here yeah oh maybe after i finish the seltzer i'll have a liquid iv maybe it's that like my electrolytes are off yeah liquid iv is great i want them to sponsor a pod they sponsor a lot of podcasts i actually bought it because of the girls gotta eat podcast because they were talking about it as like a hangover fixer and also, they swear by taking the night one when you're, like, drunk or, like, know you're going to be home over the next day. Oh, it's great. I found out about it at a bachelorette party a couple of years ago in the oh. gift bag. There I were, never heard of it. N- it wasn't Liquid IV. It was Drip Drop, which I think is the same thing. Yeah. It always cracks me up. The Drip Drop website is um, – because for a while, you couldn't buy it in stores, and it was cheaper on their website than on Amazon. And on their website, it's, like, for elite athletes and for, like um, – also for, like – missions in third world countries like for dehydrated children and i was like and for hungover people that's so funny so yeah anyway i just i feel like i'll never be hydrated again i know i felt like that also just from all the travel like all the fun oh, yeah that we've been planes doing, that adds up yeah and um ju- just not drinking enough water yeah yeah and all the coffee too that also dehydrates i it. know we both drink so much coffee I wouldn't say I drink so much coffee. I drink a lot. I have like a big Nespresso every day and, and Dunkin' most afternoons. I would say I I always have one coffee and then I would say a couple times a week I have a second. I wouldn't say that's so much. It's not so much, but I don't know. My skin's been feeling really dehydrated too. Yeah. Oh, I have a miscellaneous topic for you before we get into this book. Yeah. I saw this in the notes and I'm like, what is I this? just wanted to ask you and I'll do it on a microphone instead of in yeah. person. Um, I'm preparing my my watch list for Black Friday. Are you looking for anything in particular? No, I'm looking for things for my readers because I'm going to do a big blog post. Oh. It'll go up. If you're listening to this, it will go up Thanksgiving night. I swear I didn't um, even say this as a way to give Grace a chance to plug something. I just um, I started a list in my phone because I'm a crazy person. I shouldn't say crazy person, but I'm this week we're recording it the week before yeah thanksgiving i'm like i won't buy anything because i'm like it might go on sale i'm like need printer paper might go on sale like need coffee beans might go on sale like anything i need i'm just deferring so i started a list in my phone yeah because do you remember i bought those saison boots Mm -hmm. and they were a size too small so i need the next size but i was like i'm gonna wait till black friday so (laughs) i'm just like storing up things that i'm looking for and then i also i want coats is um the big thing that i want what kind of coats do you want um i 
I just need a couple new coats. Like I think I need like two or three new Like is there coats. any requirement? Like a color? Is so I want, I want one fun coat. I don't need a, a puffer. I don't need like a okay. like Arctic winter coat. Yeah. I, I want um one fun one. Mm-hmm. And then I need one black one. And I like one that's on the longer side. Yeah. So like knee length or okay. something. And then um like maybe a camel one or something else that's classic but isn't black. Yeah. I definitely recommend the Atlantic Pacific coats if they have one that you like. You know, last time I looked, they maybe they've restocked it, but last time I looked, they were really picked over. Oh. I, she sent me that pink one, the long mm-hmm. one, and it's like – it feels like it's like a $900 coat. Mm. I usually like Club Monaco's coats. I'll have oh. to check what they do on Black Friday to see if they have anything good. I really want the Katie Storino Stitch Fix one, the green one. Yeah. But you can't buy it as a one-off. I know. It's hard. I got that the camel one. I mm-hmm. wanted the green one too. But – um. Yeah, it's it's hard because you have to order the box and tell the stylist what you want. And the stylist doesn't always give you your mm-hmm. requested items. Yeah, I'm just always curious what other people buy on Black Friday. Because like, oh. usually the other things that I always buy, one of them I'm not going to do this year. So I really like, I've talked about this on the podcast before, um, American Eagle underwear. Okay. And they do uh, 10 for 30 on Black Friday. So I always get underwear, but I don't need any right now. And then I... Um, I always get a thing of Bombas socks. Okay. Because I like those socks for working out, but they're stupid expensive. Interesting. Not stupid expensive. What makes them so good? I just find find them really comfortable. Okay. I just get the ones at the running store. They're like not cheap, but they're not Mm. expensive. Like I I just think these are nice. Like they don't have the seam. They also wear really well. Okay. But um, I like them, but they're like more than I would want to pay for socks usually. So I usually get a... I usually have like gift sets. I usually get one on Black Friday. Okay. But I just wanted to know if there was anything you were eyeing. I want to get – I have to get gifts. I'm going to get body stones for everyone in my family because I love the, I love that so much. But I'm waiting to see if she does a sale. Mm. Um, the big thing is like I am, I have emails out to like my favorite brands because I'm trying to figure out no, – no one is sending me their sale details. Like usually I get a heads up on everything. So I know ShopBop will have a big sale. I'll, I'll probably buy a few things there. Um, I know that um, – I don't think Sephora is having a very big sale there. No, they don't do a good Black Friday thing. They'll have like a few offers, but the big thing was the sale that was mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. I'm trying to find out because you guys keep asking, you guys listeners, readers, whatever, um, keep asking about Dr. Botter and who's oh. going to have it on sale. And I can't – I don't know. Right now it's I on bet sale. Violet Gray will have it on sale because that's Violet Gray has it. That's my um, my best offer, my, be- my best guest right now. Yeah. And then um, I know that Sarah Flint is having a big sale, but I don't know what it is. I want to know. I was grilling them at my event last night, and they're like, we'll get it to you. Like, people are very – Do I need perfect boots in brown? Um, I mean, I think they're great. rude. I just think that lighter color boots cut your leg funny, and Mm. so you know my rule about lighter color boots. I saw Sienna Jane wearing them, and I really liked them. Yeah. I mean, Sienna Jane's legs are, like, like so tiny. I feel like when I wear wear – Boots like that, it makes my legs look short and chunky. I think if you do an ankle jean with like a little sliver of skin with a a tan boot, it looks good. But otherwise, I think it like makes people's legs look really bad. Well, maybe I'm living for real life, not for the photos. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we can we can get into this book now. (laughs) I just wanted to know what what you were looking for. Yeah, just gifts. I um I did some shopping last week for like dresses and things because I just have so many events. So I bought everything not on sale. Mm. I'm also curious what Veronica Beard and Tanya Taylor are going to do. Well, I'll put it all in my blog in my blog post. So go okay. to my blog, guys. 
Um, quick desperation minute before we get into the plot summary for this book. I would really appreciate it if you left us a review. And if you don't like this podcast, disregard that and don't leave one. Yeah. I've <laughs> got a few not nice ones and I'm taking them very personally. I took the I'm I'm just like very drained right now and I took them very personally. I went on and I looked at them last night and I just had like the longest two days of my life. And then I looked at them and I was like very upset. But this is not to complain. This is to ask you to leave us a review if you like this podcast and haven't done it yet. I put some karma out into the universe and I reviewed a bunch of my favorite podcasts that I haven't left reviews for yet. I um, always do that because I it's like a I don't know, it's just like a nice thing to do. Yeah. So go on Apple Podcasts and it takes two seconds. Leave us a star rating if you don't want to write something. But I love it when people write. I get so happy things. when people write nice things. Anyway, do that. Yeah. Let's talk about this book. Oh my gosh, this book. So this month's book, we read We Came Here to Forget by Andrea Dunlop. And tomorrow we're going to have a bonus episode with the author. And tomorrow's Thanksgiving, so you might not read it, but you can save it for later. Listen to it. Whatever. Save over it for the later. Ch- over a chill weekend. Or I bet a lot of people will be in their cars this weekend on like yeah. road trips to see family. Mm-hmm. Anyway, really excited about this book. Quick trigger warning. This book deals with Munchausen's by proxy and a character harms a child. If you are going to be triggered by that, please stop listening and or don't read this book. Exactly. We got that request after doing Verity. So we're trying to be better with warnings. So fast forward. We will not be offended. The book starts out with Katie Cleary, who is our main character, landing on a flight from Argentina. She opens her phone to find out something terrible has happened. Her family has gotten really awful news, but we don't know what it is. So the story is told in two different timelines, and it flashes back and forth between Katie's past and her present. I loved this. So Katie grew up in Idaho and was the younger sister. And while Katie was athletic, her older sister Penny was pretty and smart. And while Penny was a girl's girl, Katie meets these two boys, Luke and his brother Blair, at a skiing camp when she's six, and she grows up as one of the boys. And as she gets older, she becomes obsessed with skiing and is exceptionally good at it. And we have back in the present, Katie is, we don't know what's happened. Something We just know that something terrible has happened. She is becoming completely unraveled. So she's going by a fake name. She's calling herself Liz Sullivan to avoid being recognized. She's also deeply, deeply depressed. Um, and she's mourning the end of her relationship with Luke, um, the end of her professional skiing career, and the end of her relationship with her sister. So it's really clear that the terrible thing that happened has to do with her sister. But again, we have absolutely no idea what's happened. So she's out running errands, and she drives by an airport and impulsively just decides that she's going to book a one-way flight to Argentina. Once she's there, she signs up for Spanish classes, and she gets a job as a tour guide planning that she's going to stay there a while. So Katie's there on New Year's Eve, and she takes herself to dinner, and she meets these two guys who take her to a party. And at the party, she meets the host, who's this guy, Edward, who's this mysterious expat, and he has a very eclectic group of friends. And then also at that party, she meets a man named John Luca, who's an incredible tango dancer. And she's so intrigued by the tango dancing that she sees at the party that she decides to check out a local studio and take lessons. And her tango lessons actually bring her a new circle of friends in Buenos Aires. So then back in the past, Luke and Blair's parents divorce. Um, It's very sad. The dad leaves the mom for like his younger like head of marketing who's 27 years old. 
Um, and so that their family actually moves out to Sun Valley when Katie is 14 years old. So she's like devastated. She's losing her two best friends. And then Katie and her family are on a visit with Luke and Blair. And her dad actually invites Katie to come to Sun Valley and live with them. It would give her a better chance of a career at pro skiing. So Katie, of course, begs her parents and eventually they, they give in. Um, And they're also dealing with a crisis with Penny. Penny has now developed alopecia, so or at least so they think. But then it comes out that she was actually shaving her own hair off, which I thought was crazy. Um, So Katie finishes out high school in Sun Valley while Penny goes to Boise State. Um, During this time, of course, Penny has a slew of, of health issues, eventually getting diagnosed with lupus. Also at this time, Katie gets together with Luke romantically. So after high school, Katie, Luke, and Luke's brother Blair are rising stars in Olympic skiing. So meanwhile, while Katie's starting a pro skiing career, Penny gets pregnant at 26 with twins. But something goes wrong with her pregnancy, and she goes into labor early while her fiancé and her parents are away. She ends up losing the babies, but the story doesn't really add up. So Penny told her family that her friend Emily took her to the hospital. But then when her friend calls to check on her and Katie picks up the phone, the friend tells Katie that she thought that Penny's fiancé was with her at the hospital. So things aren't adding up. But then back in Argentina, Liz slash Katie has been adopted into this friend group spearheaded by Edward, who's the rich, depressive man that we mentioned earlier, and then his childhood friend, Gemma. So at a party that Edward throws, Katie has a panic attack. The next morning, Katie is embarrassed and she feels terrible. But Gemma confesses that she actually came to Buenos Aires because she had a nervous breakdown. It comes out that everyone in the group is really trying to escape from something dark in their past. So Katie continues to get more and more into tango lessons. John Luca is like her personal dance coach, and she's using it to replace that hole that skiing left. Meanwhile, she's developing very strong feelings and later a casual fling with John Luca, who is, again, her very charismatic and charming, but also womanizing tango instructor. So Flashing back to the past, Penny is with a new man, and the whole family is really optimistic that things are turning around for her, and she throws herself into getting pregnant again. So when her daughter Ava is born, from the very outset, Ava has all these health problems, and as she gets older, she just continues to have issue after issue, and there's not really a cause for them. So Katie and Penny's parents grow really worried, and after speaking to their family doctor and Ava's pediatrician, they're told that it's likely that Penny has Munchausen's by proxy and is fabricating or actually like causing all of Ava's health issues. So after her parents raise the alarm, Ava gets taken away by Child Protective Services, but after a trial, Penny's custody is restored. So at three years old, Ava dies under mysterious circumstances. And this is the news that Katie got when her plane landed at the beginning of the book. Well, we're going to discuss this, but that part just made me so sick. Um, So back in Argentina in the future, or present rather, Katie is falling deeper and deeper into her fling with Gianluca, even though they've never been on an actual date and their relationship is purely physical. So on a on a visa run to Uruguay, she spots John Luca with a woman and two children, which is his family that she knew absolutely nothing about. On that very same trip, she realizes that she's missed her period. So flashing back again, in the aftermath of Ava's death, Katie and Penny aren't speaking, and Penny is arrested on murder charges. And during the trial, 
Penny is painted as the neglected child while her parents were overly focused on Katie's skiing career. So eventually, Penny gets acquitted and nothing bad happens to her. But the mental stress of Katie's situation and the whole trial and everything going on with her family, um, and also she's being harassed online by people who are like disgusted by what Penny did and is taking it out on her, um, she gets really distracted from skiing and she gets demoted to the C team in the Olympic skiing team. And then ultimately she has an accident and she shatters her tibia. So also her relationship with Luke doesn't survive the aftermath of the trial. So this is the tailspin that we found her in at the beginning of the book. So then we're in the present tense and on a trip to Tierra del Fuego with her friend Callie, Katie runs into another skier who calls out to her and and blows up her false identity. She's also grappling with the possibility of being pregnant and comes clean to Callie about who she was and what happened and why she's in Buenos Aires. She takes a pregnancy test. She confirms that she is pregnant with John Luca's child. Um, but then this is where it gets real juicy. Back in Buenos Aires, Katie runs into Blair. The skier that had seen her in Tierra del Fuego tipped him off and he came to find her and tell her that he's in love with her and that his brother is an idiot. So then there's an epilogue and Katie has her daughter and she marries Blair. And while the pain of Penny's actions are less acute for her, it still haunts her. And really, her happy ending is that she doesn't become her sister and that she survives it. Let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor, and then we're going to talk about this book. Oh, my God. We finished the book, and I feel like my heart is racing just thinking about it again. I know. Okay. So today's episode is brought to you by Care Of. They help you find the right vitamins and supplements for your specific needs. I love this sponsor so much. I've been taking their vitamins for a little over a year now, which is crazy because that means they've been a sponsor for a little over a year. Yeah, they were early. Yeah. They gave us a complimentary month and then I just kept buying kept on buying it. Yeah, so I feel like we've both been reprioritizing our health this fall and I guess maybe now it's winter, but it's just not tr- winter yet. It's still November. Feels like winter, but it does. You know, just trying to exercise, trying to eat better and um you know, I've been doing just more cooking at home and I thought something really easy to add into my routine is taking vitamins. Yeah, I am such a fan. It's the one thing I always prioritize even when I'm traveling like a lot like we have been. Mostly because they make it so easy to bring them on the go with their daily packs. This was really key for the live shows. I just throw a couple packs in my bag and not have to worry. So Care-of is also great this time of year. My schedule just is always, well, I mean, it's been insane all fall. But, you know, with holiday parties and all the travel I have, I feel like it's nice to have supplements as a backup insurance to make sure that, you know, every day I'm just like, I'm doing something healthy. So here's how it works. You go online, you take a five-minute quiz, and you answer questions about your diet, your lifestyle, and your goals. And you know Becca and I love a quiz. Love. Love a quiz. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that. Um, So it's not quite the Enneagram, but it's still just as fun. But they spit out a personalized recommendation of vitamins, supplements, and or protein powders just for you. I love that part. That is I think for me, the biggest draw is that I just get really overwhelmed by all the supplement options and I don't know what I need. And, you know, I want I I don't want to take a bunch of extra stuff in a multivitamin like I want what is for me specifically. So I love that care of tailors my regimen specifically to my life and to my goals and, you know, what I want out of my vitamins. And I like that you can also modify your subscription anytime in case anything changes. 
We already told you how easy it is, but the best part is that they send you a month's worth of daily packs and you can just throw them in your bag in the morning or pack a few if you're traveling and you don't have to lug around a whole pill bottle or get that old people pill case. Yeah, that's a good part too. So the last thing I'll say is that I really appreciate their attention to quality. So you can see on their site where they source their ingredients so you know you're getting high quality supplements. So if you're ready to try Care Of, you can take 50% off your first order. So go to TakeCareOf.com, enter code BOP50 at checkout. Again, that's TakeCareOf.com and use code BOP50 for 50% off your first order. That's a good deal. Yeah. Let's get into this book discussion. Yes. That's how I talk now. I'm excited. It's kind of your Oprah voice. It's not my Oprah voice. It's my every syllable is its own thing voice because I am excited. You don't sound excited. Okay. Well, I am. (laughs) I'm excited too. So wait, if you were running away and starting a new life, where would you go? Um, follow-up question. Do you mean this in like practical terms or just like the sky's the limit terms? All right. Do both. I want to know both. Okay. So, I mean, in practical terms, I would probably still need to work And I don't really speak any foreign language proficiently enough to get by. So, I mean, I I think I would move to London, like on a practical level. Yeah. That would make sense. It's far enough away. I don't really know anyone there, but could function. Yeah. In impractical terms, like I would move to an island in Thailand and like start a tourist business. Mm -hmm. Have no idea how that works. But would like go to a very, like a great beach town and be under the radar. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of practical considerations with that that like would actually suck, like getting a visa or I don't know, figuring out how to start a business in a foreign country. Yeah. Wait, where are you running away to? Oh, I think if I was, so practically I'd go to Big Sur. I love Big Sur. Mm. It's like my happy place. It's so beautiful. Oh, so you'd stay domestic. I would say domestic. That's the practical solution. Mm, okay. Or London. I do love London, but I think I know – I actually know a lot of people in London. So you know be, so many people in London that you – I have like five good friends in London, like my blogger friends. You don't, okay. you don't know them all. I've got okay. people. I mean, there was like – I won't get into it, but there was like gossip about a guy I was dating and it like people in London were talking about it. So that makes me feel like I couldn't have a fresh start in London. I mean, it depends what you did. Did you murder somebody or did you like – have a deep personal embarrassment like there are levels yeah i don't think i could have a fresh start in london okay big sur feels more like a fresh start okay what about anyone there what about your impractical choice my impractical choice i think would be cuba because there's not really any wi-fi there oh yeah i don't know what i would do or like what business i would have there's not really a lot of industry in cuba maybe you become a mechanic and you start restoring all of those old cars yeah oh i don't think i'd like that it's a fresh start, Grace. Yeah. Something totally new. Something totally new. <laughs> I guess I just think of Cuba as like such a escape because you're so disconnected. Yeah. Hopefully neither of us have to run away. I don't think either of us have great plans. No, we don't. Um, I, so I, I want to talk about what we both thought about this book because we talked about it. So we're recording out of order and we recorded with Andrea the other day, who's the author. And, it, and even just in promoing the book in episodes, like... I really took this story as a redemption story. So what drew me to the book was like this story of the worst possible thing happens to you and like how do you 
pick up from that. And like I loved the story of her life in Buenos Aires. And I really took the dark backstory as just like the explanation for why she was running away. But I was I wasn't reading for that. Like I was reading for her Argentina story. Oh, I was reading because I needed to know what happened with, with her sister. That's so funny. Yeah. I loved the Argentina story and I loved the depiction of Buenos Aires. But for me, I was just like I was so caught up with the sister. And like when there was a problem child, when I found out that she was shaving her head, like not and didn't have alopecia, I was like, Oh, something is happening. Like I like needed to know. I, I stayed up all night reading this book because I needed to know what was wrong with Penny. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean I did I did too. Like I, I found the book very like compulsively readable, but I felt like I was reading for the Buenos Aires plot line, not for the Oh, funny. I didn't really care. I liked it. Like I thought that I loved the tango angle. I loved the friendships that she made. I thought that Gemma and Callie both seemed like really great people. I just I I needed to know what happened with Penny. No, I I think it's so I equate it to like the way I feel when um I watch Did you ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? It wasn't really meant for me. So I didn't really watch the show either, but the few episodes I did see, I would get such a stomach ache because I knew that like a problem was building or like something was going to happen. And when like Penny was lying about her debt or she was like with a new boyfriend, I was like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. Something bad is going to happen mm-hmm. where it wasn't like it was like because sometimes I don't look like thrillers because I'm afraid I'm going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. And, and this wasn't. I wasn't projecting this in any way where I wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to go kill a child. But I was like, oh, this is going to catch up with her. Yeah, it gave me anxiety, but I loved it. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing I loved about this book, the thing I loved about this book. So I loved her Buenos Aires plot line, but I I definitely loved the depiction of Buenos Aires. And it made me think about – so I know neither of us liked this book, but um, do you remember in What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding – Yes. There's a whole plot line in that book. And that's nonfiction. Yes. I um, forgot about this. Yeah, but it's a TV writer. And she has an affair with somebody in Buenos Aires. And yes. she keeps going back. And between that book and this book, like, I've, I've never been to Buenos Aires. And it, it just really made me want to go. And I thought the depiction here was really interesting because they also included some of, like, the darker aspects in terms mm-hmm. of... um like the mothers in the square who were the desaparecidos. Yeah, yeah. Who were protesting the disappearances of their children. And like, it wasn't told only in a glamorous way, but it made me really want to go. I also want to really want to go to Uruguay. I don't really want to go to Uruguay, but I do want to go to Buenos Aires. Oh, I've heard Uruguay is so cute. Really? Yeah. I can't remember the name, but there's an island that I think they go to in the book. Oh, actually, there is. And my friend Heather does a yoga retreat there, it's, and I want to go it's on It's supposed that. to be incredible. You're right. It's like San Ignacio, I want to say. Mm, I don't know. Or that might be the name of the hotel. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like very um, like brightly colored and I don't know. It sounds nice. I I just felt like it sounded like so vibrant and sexy and fun. I was also I also did get a kick out of the fact that like a lot of the men still lived with their mothers and that they would go to those like hourly hotels to like go have sex oh yeah that made me laugh i mean i guess that's true of a lot of cultures yeah it's like it definitely a big thing outside the u.s to live at home until you get married yeah i don't know that i would want to have an affair with somebody who still lived with their probably not their mother but good for callie in this book yeah anyway definitely good for callie i mean let's talk about your plot line okay so let's talk about munchausen's 
Well, okay. So I was trying to think because I do you feel like Munchausen's was like a very popular plot line in the late 90s, early 2000s? No. Oh, you don't? I so, feel like I associate it with um, like Ricky Lake and all of those shows where like, or even like I never was allowed to watch those, so I never did when I got older. Mm, I was because I remember I would get home from school and my mom wouldn't get home from work until later and I would watch like so much trash TV. Oh, I wasn't allowed. Well, who would catch you? My mom wasn't home. Yeah, yeah. My parents were home. Oh. And they weren't. I was allowed to watch like one hour and I watched Saved by the Bell. Mm, I did like Saved by the Bell. I wasn't allowed to watch 90210, but I did watch that. Anyway. Oh, I watched 90210 with my au pair. Mm. And then my whole family got hooked. My parents too. But I feel like, back to Munchausen's, like I feel like there it was like a very popular like tabloidy headline in the late 90s. Maybe that's just me. But you had something about Brittany Murphy written down. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I What about Brittany Murphy? Well, do you remember how Brittany Murphy died under really um, suspicious circumstances? Yeah, I thought she like did too many drugs. Well, no. So she had been really sick and she lived with her mother. And um, then right after, I'm totally botching the story because I didn't look anything up about it, but I was just like, I, I feel like it could have been because then her husband died really soon after her under the same suspicious circumstances. And I remember there being like all this speculation about was she poisoned? Oh, my God. I did not. I totally missed that story. Um, And so I well, I don't want to like speak out of turn and be like, Brittany Murphy's mom poisoned her. But I like you're going to get a suit. <laughs> I know. Um, I kind of like remember that. That's so funny. I don't remember that at all. I feel like Munchausen's been all over the news, like or not the news, but pop culture this this um fall. Like between this and then I started the politician like oh, shortly yeah. after finishing it, and I was like, oh, I know all about this. Like I didn't really know m- much about it, and then when when I put on the politician and I saw that girl was sick and her her relationship with her grandmother, I was like, I think that this is that. I felt so smart. Now I'm reading articles about Brittany Murphy and trying to like scan it really quick to see if I can tell. But nothing came up for Brittany Murphy Munchausen's. But like there there was something that it was like she had she had drugs in her system, but they weren't illegal drugs. But like I feel like she also had like bleach or like something like something that Ooh. wasn't a drug that was like, oh, it was um she had this like toxic mold in her system. Oh, my God. I can't remember. I'm going to have to read more about this later. Her husband died too. Yeah. Her husband died. He seemed fine. And then he died right after. And then their like official cause of death was pneumonia and anemia. I think we're, are you on the Hello Giggles article? No, I'm on rare.us, which you know is accurate. Oh, I'm on Hello Giggles looking at this. Maybe I'm, I think I'm wrong, but. Interesting. Maybe it wasn't Munchausen's, but. I remember her death being very suspicious. They were saying her husband had Munchausen's. Oh, her husband poisoned her? But then why did he poison himself? I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to Yeah, I don't know. I think we're gonna have some we're all, we're gonna have some research. Everyone come convene in the Facebook group and we'll talk about it. This is too long of a sidebar to, to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, seriously, if anyone is like a uh, avid follower of the story, please come tell me yeah, all about it in the yeah. Facebook group. But yeah, I felt like Munchausen's was like, maybe this is not true, but I felt like it was such a blast from the past because I feel like it was something that, not that I thought was common, but like you saw all the time in pop culture. Like, okay, so when I was a kid, I was really afraid of quicksand because it, quicksand was written about in so many books. I did. I was afraid of quicksand because of books. 
because of books but then like in my whole adult life i've never encountered quicksand and i feel like munchausen's was one of those things where like as a child like i thought it was like way more prevalent than it was like everyone was out there poisoning their oh my relatives um i did not watch any any talk shows (laughs) i think that you watched a lot of talk shows did oh my god my mom would not allow it like i remember like ricky lake being on and her being like that's trash we're taking that off oh i used to watch all of it maury Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I never watched any of that. Okay. Well, anyway, I felt like when I was reading this book, I was like, oh, Munchausen's is back. That's so funny. I didn't really know much about it. And I read this book and then I saw the politician. And I was like, oh, like this is like a trendy. I think maybe it's a trendy illness. Well, no. So, I mean, yeah, maybe it is. But um, the thing that I thought was really interesting is that there was this whole social media plot line that yes. updated the Munchausen's because Penny had all of these um facebook friends and she was in all these groups and i think she had like 10 profiles and Mm -hmm. she was like manufacturing this whole life online and in like some of them her daughter had already died and some of them like her husband had died like it was like so creepy it was so creepy yeah that really was a very like 2019 twist Mm -hmm. on my talk shows of my childhood yeah that whole like sympathy thing like and i could see how that would be like a little bit addicting for someone who was sick in that way. Like that you're just like getting all this validation from the online community. Totally. I mean, I don't want to like speak ill because I think generally Facebook groups are really, really positive. And I I love our Facebook group. I'm in a ton of Facebook groups that I really like. But I'm in Facebook groups and a lot of times like I'll see somebody write a post about like losing their job or like going through a breakup or something. And it's like there are always 900 com- or like yeah. so many comments of them of people um, just like being like sympathizing with sympathizing. Them. But also like the poster is always right. Like nobody's like, well, yeah, were you bad at your job? Yeah, and they're just like, that's bullshit where it's hang like, in there, hang in there where I feel like because these groups are so positive, like I feel like you could really easily go in with a fake story and you could drive up so much sympathy. And I also have seen because sometimes, you know, in Facebook groups where you see something that like doesn't even relate to your life at all, but you um, I just get like morbidly curious and I read all the comments. Yes. Like th- there was one that I saw this week. Maybe it was in the Be There in Five Facebook group. It was about a mother who was asking a question about her daughter had no friends. Don't have a child. I'd be curious about that. Read, there were like hundreds of comments, read all of them. But like there are also all these people who are connecting with her over it where they were like either talking about their own children or talking about their own personal experiences where it's like I'm conflating this with this woman. I'm sure was telling the truth, but it's like she could have easily gone in there with the story, made all of these like online friends and like... Yeah, because then things we I often see in our Facebook group, for example, someone like, oh, let me message you privately. And then that takes it out of the group into this whole like real life friendship, which is a great thing if you're like making new friends as an adult living in New York. But it but, it, it makes you think like it could be taken advantage of mm-hmm. if you like came in with like Penny story. And one of them was that because because her husband was in the Air Force, she was like, he died in combat. And I'm sure like you could find so many people who were dealing with similar losses in their own life and like form really close connections with them. Mm-hmm. And like no one would be the wiser. Yeah. I thought that was so fucked up. Yeah, I did too. <sighs> it definitely gave a, a modern spin on the whole Munchausen's like drama. It's crazy. I know. Let's take a quick break to talk about another sponsor before we keep talking about this book. So we are so excited to talk about this sponsor. It's become one of our favorites, and it truly embodies our values and personal belief systems. 
It's Borghese, and it was created by a princess, and she loved spa culture. So do I. Becca's right. So Borghese is inspired by the Italian spa culture. Princess Marcella Borghese created a beauty line that she wanted to allow everyone everywhere to bring the spa home. And now this brand has actually been around for 62 years. So they're actually the first brand to ever bring mud masks to the market, which is crazy if you think about it. And that happened back in 1985. So since they've become a sponsor in what, like October? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying a bunch of their products. And um, the th- the thing that I love most has definitely been the mud masks. They, they're so quick, which I really appreciate. I did one today. You can um, do it in so quickly, two to five minutes. I, I can't get over that. I can't get over that it's two to five minutes. When I first read the directions and the packaging, I was like, eh, it's not going to be that good. Because like all the other masks you have to keep on for 20 minutes. Like it's a commitment. And this is two to five. Like I just pop it on before I get in the shower. Yeah. And you don't even have to let it dry, Like which no. I like because you're not like cracking the mud off of your face. Like, no, it's so masks. it's so great. and yeah. But it works. Like there was a... I'm not going to name names, but there was another moisture mask that I used to use a lot. And I feel like this one has the same results and I only have to use it for a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. But what we really need to talk about are Borghese's holiday gift sets. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about that. So they are amazing. We both got what they have on the site listed as the box of self-care, which is, again, that embodies our values. Um, And we were blown away by the amount of good stuff inside. It's $69 for $140 value. Yeah, it's incredible. So it has a mud mask. It has two sheet masks for your eyes. It has a sugar body scrub, a body cream, a moisturizer, their dual-ended mask applicator, and a spa headband. I'm obsessed with that mask applicator. So one side is a spatula and one side is a brush. So I like to scoop the mask out with the spatula and like just like kind of sl- like like ice my face with it kind of like icing a cake and then I use the brush to like even it out but I have my nails are kind of long right now and I hate digging like sticking my fingers into the mud oh yeah so the applicator just like it's wonderful what I'm obsessed with is buying gift sets for myself so that I have travel size products you got me into that I know it just sounds so funny like but it's great because all of the tr- all the items in most of the gift sets are TSA friendly. Well, yeah, my aspiration in 2020 is to have a full travel set of products. I can't believe you don't have that yet. Hey. So Becca, that's a great idea, but it's not very giving. The whole point is to give to others. Yeah, I I know. But like <laughs> I buy I feel like during the holidays I buy equally for myself too. But anyway, this box would make a really good gift, and I think it would be an especially good gift for somebody who is trying to get more into beauty, like somebody who needs a new routine. Like my aunt always asks me about what beauty products she should try. And so like, I feel like this would be great for her because it has a bunch of different products. She could try a few things like, and then she can repurchase one-offs of like the things that she really enjoys. But it's like a nice way to like introduce somebody to a, a new brand. Exactly. They have a ton of other amazing gift sets on their site too. You don't have to just get the box of self-care. Definitely check them all out. I just am so blown away by the prices. I think they're really well priced. Like $69 for all that I mentioned, like that's incredible. Also, we didn't talk about this, but the hand masks. Have you done the hand mask yet? No. Oh, the hand mask is my favorite. It leaves your hands like looking like baby hands. Anyway, we have a special offer for you, whether you want to try the hand masks or the gift sets or just get one of the mud masks. 
you can get 25% off site-wide at Borghese.com. Enter code BOP25 at checkout. Again, go to Borghese.com. It's B-O-R-G-H-E-S-E.com. And enter code BOP25 at checkout. Do it. Back to this book. Wait, so what about Katie slash Liz, um, her circle of friends? I loved this plot line. You know that I like talking about friendship in general, but um, I thought this was so cute. So she starts going to tango classes, which was something that was out of her comfort zone, and she ends up making all of these friends through it. So there's Callie, who's her best friend, and then there's, you know, Edward and Gemma, and then there's like Gemma and Callie both have like guys that they're seeing. So she like makes this robust circle of friends in a new place. And I just like, I loved that story of like, hey, everything's over. You go somewhere else, but you can like still find a group of people. And what I thought was, well, I mean, obviously it's a book. It's not real life. So like it was written this way. But I love that all these people had something dark in their past too, where it wasn't like they were accepting her in spite of what had happened to her. They were like, oh no, we get it. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down this quote because I thought that this was, I I just really liked it. And it says, if your friends don't understand, get new friends. Oh man, are you going to get new friends on me? No, but I mean, in her life, she was feeling, I mean, it didn't, she didn't have a good primary social circle in her past life, but like she felt really judged and unsupported by Luke, who was her boyfriend. And she was like, I'm going to go get new friends. What I loved about this was that she was like this kind of like one of the boys always. And like, I felt like all she really had in terms of close friends were like other skiers. And then she was really, really tight with her boyfriend, Luke, and his brother, Blair. So I loved seeing her like make these girlfriends. It felt like she was finally making those close girlfriends that you need in your 30s because she never had that. She was just so focused on skiing in her relationship. That's true. I I like a redemption story about somebody becoming a girl's girl. Yeah. Have you watched Dollface? No. Is it good? No, oh. it's not. <laughs> but um, I really need some new shows. It's not good. It's on Hulu. It's like the new show that they keep advertising. But the opening sequence um, – uh, what's her name? She was from Two Broke Girls. Um, anyway, um, she breaks up with her boyfriend, and she, I think it's a dream. I'm not really sure what's happening, but there's this like fantastical thing where she gets on this bus, and it's all women who have just been broken up with, and they need to go back to be reunited with their um, lost friends. Like they go to a bus depot where like all of their old girlfriends have come to like pick them up. Oh, funny. And um, on the way there, she's like, I don't really get what's happening. I'm not into this. And the bus driver's like, well, do you want to get off? Because like um, you could always become a guy's girl. And like outside the bus, there's all the- it's in the desert. It's so weird. But there's all these um, women roaming around and like they're like, I love football. And they're like, does anyone want wings? And like, they're just- oh, that's <laughs> so funny. It's not a good show. I don't recommend it. But if you happen to watch it like I did and then be like, nope, not for me and turn it off. I did think that that sequence was very funny. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going I don't with know. That. It does not sound like a show I want to watch. It's not. It's I like not. the idea of these women running around me like, I love football. I know. Who wants wings? I know. It's very funny. It's like, it was just like such a yeah. trope of like the guy's girl. Yeah. Anyway. What did you think about Katie's affair with John Luca? Oh, I was cringing the whole time. Like, I just knew he was bad news. But, like, okay, so I... But, like, he was such a good... It obviously went too far, but it was like, yeah, like, 
your life just got ruined. Go have a fling with the yes. hot tango instructor. So, so I, I did approve of that, but I, I just knew it was going to go wrong. Of course. I was having like a little anxiety about it. I was like, oh, I don't like this. I know. Your life's already a mess. But like she wasn't feeling very empowered sexually. And he was like, I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to make you feel beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That plot line was actually really interesting, too. So there was a whole plot line about how she'd been a professional athlete and then in the aftermath she of her injury she gained like I think 30 pounds yeah and so was just like very at war with her body and like having a different body and I've talked about this on the podcast before but like I gained like 20 or 30 pounds like a couple of years ago and I feel that too and I felt like it was written about in such a way where it like it wasn't the primary plot line but it was something that like just kept coming up and was in the back of her mind yeah and I like I really felt for her that she was like she was the first time that they were sleeping together she was like oh like yeah i don't want to be on top and like she didn't feel her best and he was like no like i think you're sexy yeah i like that so i mean i liked him in some ways i mean he was obviously bad news he was good for her he was like what she needed at the time but she got so attached to him where that was the thing where it was like it would it's good on paper Mm -hmm. but like of course she developed feelings for him yeah i don't know i also was like very into like not into it but like like I was just like very curious I guess because it felt like there were so many women he was sleeping with and I couldn't tell who was just his dance partner and who he was having sex with and I think that that was the way Andrea wanted us to feel like we weren't really sure right but there was just I was like is that his like girl or I don't know yeah he was like this guy who was like surrounded by like a harem of women yeah and like dancing so sexually it was all of them it was like that guy where you're like, I know you're not a good guy, but like, I'm not going to get attached and like, yeah, you're cute. Mm-hmm. Like she was just like sucked into his orbit. Yeah. But you always get attached to those guys. Oh, yeah. What about? um? So I want to talk more about Katie and Penny and like their relationship. I'm uh, OK. So first of all, I want to talk about their parents. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on this because you have sisters. Yeah. Where like in Penny's trial, it was portrayed that the reason that Penny did what she did, her defense was that she was neglected as a child because her parents were so invested in her career. Yeah. In, in Katie's career, rather. Um, And Katie was like, no, like, that wasn't the case. But, like, I don't, like, at some level, I feel like most kids feel like that, you know? It's hard because you have, like, these rivalries, right? Like, I remember my dad was so into my – sometimes I felt like my dad loved my littlest sister the most because she was kind of, like, the the guy's girl out of the three of us. Like, Becca and I were very, very into, like, being creative and, and making things out of Fimo clay and painting. And Meredith was, like, the little athlete. And, like, now as an adult, I realize my dad definitely didn't love – um, her more than he loved us, but he was just like, just like so into the fact that she wanted to play t-ball and wanted to play sports. I remember like my sister, Be- this is so bad. Becca and I were so happy because Meredith hit a, um, a t-ball, like a, like we had this, like, it was like a wiffle ball and it, she had this thing and you hit, you step on it and then it pops the ball up and then mm-hmm. she hit it and she hit that wiffle ball through our kitchen window <laughs> And Becca and I were like, she's going to get in so much trouble. And my dad was like, he started calling her babe for Babe Ruth. Um, (laughs) And he was like, just so proud that my sister like was able to hit that ball through the window. Oh my God. Were you so pissed? Yes, we were so pissed. Because you know how you are as a kid. You're like so smug. You're like, she's going to get in trouble. (laughs) She didn't. (laughs) She didn't get in trouble. 
So I think I think it can be hard like when you you're a kid and you see one of your parents taking to one of your siblings like more than you or being more excited. And it wasn't because my dad loved her more. It was just because he's a dude. Like imagine being like a 30 like they were young when they had us. Like a, he was my age with three little girls. Like I'm sure it was amazing if one of us actually wanted to play sports and like do things he was interested in. So um I could see that happening. I could see Penny probably resenting how much her parents were invested. But also, if you look, if you read like the, because we read this book twice, so I knew it was going to happen. And I went back and I reread it. And I felt like you see what a good sister Penny is to Katie when they're young. Yeah. And that they have this really wonderful relationship. Like, it made me teary when um, Katie, I'm mixing up their names, when Katie was at that party and um, that boy rejected her and called her manly. And, like, I felt like Penny was, like, really there for her and, like, really cared. So it does not seem that when they were young, Penny was dealing with all of this stuff. But then who knows? Maybe that's why she was shaving her head to get attention for alopecia. She was, like, evening out the attention score because, like, she was, like, if I'm sick, then my parents have to pay attention to me. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been that. I don't know. It seemed like she was such a good big sister and, like, loved Katie so much. And then just things just kept like went off the rails i know the thing that i didn't get this was like my it wasn't a plot hole but like the thing that i didn't get was why katie's injury was so ruinous to her career i felt the same way because like i get it like you are in a bad place mentally because of this trial and your breakup and your sister i totally get that but she had this injury and then she like never tried to come back from it she was like oh, no, I'm done. And that was one thing that I didn't get, why it was, like, so ruinous for her. I felt the same way. It was, like, she spent her whole life trying to build this amazing career as a professional skier. And then I I understand her her state of mind just wasn't great. I was, like, why wouldn't you try harder to, like – I'm also someone that if things are going bad, I'm, like, I'm going to throw myself into work and, like, just, like, be even better because this is something I can actually control. I don't know. I didn't really relate to it. I know. I mean, I guess the other thing was, like, Luke was on the skiing circuit, so it was like, you don't want to run into your ex-boyfriend all the time. But, like, it wasn't explained in a way where I was like, when it finally came out what happened to her. It didn't, it didn't, there was a disconnect. It There was. I was like, wait, this is all? Like, because then I was like, well, something really bad must have happened to her after the trial. So that, to, to, like, make this such a career ruiner. Right, totally. And there wasn't something. I know. I thought that she was going to, like, have, like a like, a real mental breakdown or, like... I don't know. Do you know what I thought it was going to be? What? I thought it was going to be that she had an affair with Blair. And then, like, Luke caught caught them. them. And so she, like, had to leave because she was, like, scorned. Oh, funny. I thought something bad was going to happen between her and that girl, Sarah. The bad one. Oh. The the one that was, like, the ice queen. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, the things we. I thought there was going to be like some very. I I I agree. I thought there was going to be like just like a big a big what's the word like a dramatic yeah yeah where it was like this is why she can't ski anymore. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Well, speaking of Luke and Blair, how did you feel? What did you feel about them as characters? I mean, obviously you liked Blair more because you were set up to like Blair more. Yes. I liked them both. I thought that it was, like, a very wholesome thing that they had. I thought that Luke was, like, such a good boyfriend to her, like, in the early days. Like, remember when they got together and 
she was so nervous. She's like, we have to stop doing this. Like, I'm going to get attached. Our your Blair's going to find out this is all going to happen. And he's like, no, I'm in love with you. Yeah. Like, that was like, that pulled on my heartstrings. Yeah. I, the one thing that I will say for Luke, so he's obviously set up to be, he's a bad boyfriend. But one thing that I really liked is that it was set up like why he was a bad boyfriend throughout it. Yeah. Like, there were explanations for all of his like negative characteristics. So I felt like it was like just like more believable where you were like, not like this guy's just a terrible person. You were like, Oh, like I get it. Like he's not a terrible person. He's just like really selfish. And like, yeah, you weren't like, it wasn't so blamey where it was like, you didn't he's hate the him. villain. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't hate him. You didn't dislike him. Yeah. But you definitely were like, don't date him. Yeah, you were like, oh, he's emotionally immature. He's really selfish. Like, yeah. he's not great in all these ways. Yeah, he wasn't equipped to be in a relationship. Like, skiing was his relationship. Right. I felt so bad for Blair, though, because at the end, he's like, he like says something in an obtuse way about how there's someone he loves. And like, yeah, she's like, who? And he's like, you know, it's you. Like, and yeah. I felt so bad. Like, imagine how awful that would be like growing up the third wheel and like mm-hmm. having a crush on your brother's, um, your brother's girlfriend. It's almost, oh my God. It's like the reverse American Royals. Oh my God, it is. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the reverse American Royals. Yeah. It is. Where it's like, that would have been so shitty if he was like just standing on the sidelines and was like, I'm in love with her too. Yeah. But I also felt, I felt, I definitely felt, I don't know if you felt this way. Like you, like when I pictured them, Luke was definitely the more attractive one. Did you think? I got the, the, the like Blair was more like boy next door. No, I didn't get that. I she got, also mentioned that Blair was shorter. Yes, I got that he was shorter, but at one point she talks about his like surfer lifeguard good looks. And I was so I was picturing him as like a Ken doll embodied, basically. Okay. I was picturing them both as attractive, but I was picturing Blair as like more attractive, but he was older because it felt like the reason that she well, she says at one point where she was like, he they both just seem so out of my league. So when like Luke made a move, I I just like went with it where it was like because wasn't it that her sister, her sister's friend was like, I had her, my money on her getting together with Blair. And she was like so shocked where she was like, she wasn't even thinking about them because she just like felt like they were out of her league. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I felt like they were kind of like the Hemsworth brothers. Like, who, <laughs> what about the, um, who's a really hot one? And then I think Luke, I think his name is Luke Hemsworth is the shorter one. Isn't there like there's a fourth? Chris, there's Chris, Liam and Luke. Is there a fourth one? I don't think so. Oh, there's a. Okay, so there's a I plot line on The Good up. Place. Do you watch The Good Place? Um, I do not. I used to. Ugh, you're the worst. I liked there's it a lot. a plot line with Larry Hemsworth who must be made up. Interesting. Who's like the self-conscious other Hemsworth brother. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> I So I thought he was real. It's like um, the Jonas Brothers and they have the bonus Jonas. No, I think it's there's three of them. And they're all very good looking. But like Chris and Liam are like, hot and the other one whose name i'm on here what does this have to do with this book it has to do with these two brothers one of them is like tall and good looking and the other one's like medium good looking and shorter oh i thought i read it as if they were both really good looking oh i mean you knew they were i felt like they were both attractive but i felt like she picked the younger hotter one 
Yeah. I felt like she picked the younger one because he was closer in her age. Okay. And then like, because you know, when you're young, because she grew Someone up older with feels so out of your league. So like 14 to 18 is like insurmountable age gap. And it was like, now it was like, Grace, would you date somebody who's four years older than you? And you're like, yeah, yeah. that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, I just think it's definitely a, a huge deal when you're younger. And I think also she felt like these brothers were both so out of her league. So when one of them like yeah. wanted to make out with her, she was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, if Leonardo DiCaprio showed up and he like wanted to make out with me, I wouldn't be like, you're kind of problematic. Yeah. I would just be like, you were on my walls as a child. Yeah, absolutely. Grace. I have one last question for you. Yeah. Did you guess what was going to happen? Like, how early did you guess what was going to happen? I had a feeling that Blair and her were going to end up together. No, I meant about the Munchausens. Oh, no, I did not guess it. Oh. I didn't know about Munchausens, really. Oh. I didn't watch any talk shows. Oh. I, I didn't see it coming. Um, I just, I knew something bad happened. I thought that she killed the child, which she did. But I didn't realize how she killed, how the, she child. killed the child. And I honestly, I thought she was going to die too. I was pretty sure that she was dead when the book started. It it did seem that way. Yeah. And the way she talked about her. And like there was somewhere in the book where she said, and to think that I'm never going to be able to call my sister mm-hmm. and I'm never going to be able to like have Christmas with her. And when yeah. my parents die, I'm going to deal with that alone. Yeah. That whole thing. So I thought that she was dead. It was, I mean, it was equally, when you find out what happens, it's equally screwed up because she moves to georgia i think and she like starts another family yeah and i was like i was upset i was like she's still out there yeah well it was like disturbing but that was the most disturbing part was that like i mean a lot of things were disturbing but the fact that penny's like still out there like having babies maybe killing those ones we didn't talk about this and i feel like we're so at time but i think that was another interesting part of the plot where it was like what do you want to happen when somebody you love does something bad where it was like katie says at one point she's like i just want her to be like safe from herself until she's no longer able to reproduce you know (laughs) and it's like do you want her to go to jail and it's like no it's your sister you don't want her to go to jail like do you want her to be like have all these negative things happen no but it's like but at the same time you like don't want her to just like be able to move to georgia and do it again Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting, like, emotional nuance of how Katie was, like, thinking about her sister. I agree. Anyway. Anyway. Should we talk about some other stuff? Yes. Becca, what are you obsessed with this week? I'm highly obsessed with this. So I ordered Barefoot Dreams socks. They're wonderful. I have some. So I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast or only in real life, but I'm very – I'm struggling this year because – my new apartment is very runs very cold versus yeah. my old apartment ran very hot. So I don't have like the right loungewear for winter because in my old apartment, I wore shorts all year round because it was so fucking hot in that apartment. Oh, funny. Yeah. I'm like bundled up at all times in ours. No. So it's like our shorts and a tank top all winter. And so like, you know, I have a few pairs of sweatpants, but I don't, I was never wearing like sweatshirts really at home. You know what you need? Well, you have now. Your Duncan joggers. I don't know if that's what I need. I don't know if that's the solution. That's what you needed. You need more Duncan joggers in your life. They're perfect for lounging. Okay. Agree to disagree. We got them at, a br- at the brunch. <laughs> it, it was great. Don't know if that's what I need, but I need warm things. So I ordered Barefoot Dream socks and they're, I mean, they're expensive. They're like $15 a pair, but it's not like I'm wearing them under shoes. So I feel like I can wear them for like a few days. It's like pajamas. You can wear them a few days. Yeah. Oh my God, Grace. They're so soft. I have them too. I take them. I have a pair that lives in my travel 
bag so that I have them for the plane. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I got three pairs and I might need more. They're so soft. And your Barefoot Dreams cardigan. I did get I I'm obsessed with that too. I it's always, my new at home. It's the perfect uniform. at home uniform. I always laugh because it's so frumpy. It's so frumpy. Well, during the Nordstrom anniversary sale, I always talk about it because there's always a really mm-hmm. good deal. And people were like, I don't ever see you wear that. And I was like, no, it's an at I had to like clarify. I was yeah. like, of course you don't see me wear that. Do you think I'm going to go to like some like New York City bar wearing my Barefoot Dreams cardigan? So comfortable. Somebody it's so comfortable. Of, I talked about it on my Instagram story the other day. And one I, of wanna, my, I wish mine was on right now. I can put mine on. It's behind me. I'm jealous. And my one of my friends um, responded to my Instagram story and she was like, it is my go-to plain outfit. Oh, that would be great for the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is um, – so it was on sale and they only had it, – it runs really, really, bi- really big. Yeah, I was going to say this looks big on you. It's huge. <laughs> so they only had the large, extra large. And I was like, eh, whatever. So I'm like – it's just like a lot of comfy That's material. a big, large, extra large. It's huge. I mean, it runs big, but I'm like yeah. – I'm very cozy in it. Yeah. It's very, very – it's so soft. It's like a – it's kind of like a socially acceptable bathrobe. It really is. That must be why I like it so much. <laughs> yeah. What are you obsessed with? Mine is um, – so there's a little bit of a story behind it, but it's Stony Clover Lane and Lily Saduhi. So Lily Saduhi makes the headbands that everyone has, and she has really great jewelry. I followed her ever since she left J. Crew and started her jewelry line like, I don't know, five or six years ago. But also there's Stony Clover Lane, and I had never heard of them until on the Be There in Five podcast. Oh, I was wondering if that's where you heard yeah. about them. Yeah, so Kate Kennedy interviewed the founder. I forget which – which one of the founders it was. It wasn't Libby. It was her sister, and I'm blanking on names. But I thought thought the interview was so fascinating. Like, it was, like, these two young girls, they wanted to go to, like, the Teen Choice Awards or something. So they, like, started this brand and started, like, on Twitter, like, reaching out to celebrities and celebrity agents being, like, would you like one of our bracelets? Like, it started with bracelets. And um, now they have these really cute bags. Everything is like monogrammed with the, with their letters. I got to tell you, I think it's like a power of attention thing because that's also where I heard about them through that episode. And I listened to it a couple weeks. I, I Maybe I didn't even finish it, but like I became aware of them through that. And since then, I see it everywhere now. Yes. Uh, you know who has so much? Courtney Kerr. She does. Oh, she does. Yeah, you're right. But you know who has so much is Emma Benchoff. Oh, yeah, she does too. It's... But, I've literally it's infiltrated my brain. I'd never and I heard see of it. it everywhere now. And I'm like, oh, did this just happen or was I just not noticing it? I think I wasn't paying attention and now I see it everywhere. Oh, Kathleen Barnes from Carrie Bradshaw Lied has a ton of it too. Mm. So it's super cute. Um I went to this I went to this party. It was not a party, it was a breakfast, one of my er- other early mornings this week. And um, Lily Saduhi is collaborating with Stony Clover Lane on a headband case, as well as like all of these resort themed headbands. So I got an amazing headband. You know how I love like lemon yellow. I got this lemon yellow headband with pearls on it. It's so cute. I saw your story. I was I wanted to be like, grab me a purple one. <laughs> no, they were strict. They're like, you can have one. I was it was like it looked like a candy store. It like did. there were so many, and I just wanted to grab like ten. And my friend Carly, Carly who. Um, you know Carly, but she was like, "You can have one." I was like, "Okay, cool. I want the lemon one." They were like policing <laughs> it, but I would be too because it literally the way that it was set up was like a candy store. Like they were just like all stacked, and I was like, "I want that one and that one." Um, so I was not able to grab one, Rebecca. But they're all on the Lily Saduhi website, and they're amazing. And I love my headband case with my initials on it. <laughs> you don't love it? No, I'm just trying to say that it's a very useless object. 
It is, but... But you could put other stuff in it. You can put other stuff in it. I like having a specific place for my headbands because I've bought a lot over the past... Like, this has been a big trend. And I don't have... Like, they're all kind of in my... Um, I put them in my little cabinet with my shoes and my bags and they're just like all floating in there so it's nice to have like a designated spot for my headbands i'm not suggesting that everyone needs this like 60 dollars headband box i think it would be a good like accessories case for like earrings and necklaces and stuff when you travel or like you could use it you could even use it for makeup like you Mm -hmm. could use it for a lot of stuff it's just very cute but i never like i feel like this brand went from like i didn't know what it was same to like it's literally everywhere same same yeah what about on instagram on Instagram, I am loving book baristas. So we are very obsessed with Morgan from NYC Book Girl. And like we obviously have a very inflated opinion of her. Like I was like, well, you're not like, inflated, not inflated. But I was like, well, the you're correct opinion. Like, correct. But I think I said something to her or like, well, you're like the biggest bookstagrammer out there. And she was like, no, <laughs> she's like, I'm not. She was like, you have to check out book baristas. And I don't like book baristas as much as Morgan because Morgan is our our pal, our dedicated youth, and my favorite bookstagrammer. But this account is great. And it's she reviews a lot of great books. She seems really cool. I'm a big fan. Okay. What about you? Um, okay. Can you please look this up right now? Yes. So it's this account called Fat Pom Poms. This sounds like something I'm going to love. It's an Etsy store. And I actually... Where do you find all these Etsy stores? I feel like you always have like like that rainbow necklace you got and the keychain oh, yeah. you got. So the rainbow necklace was advertised to me. The keychain, I just searched keychains on Etsy. This one, I was looking to people who are re- related to this knitting account that I found. Do you know how to make pom-poms? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, have a, I have a pom-pom maker. Me too. I've got like four. I have all different sizes. Yeah. So I was looking at this... I was looking at related accounts to an account that I like for on a knitting account and i found this account and it's an etsy store that makes pom-pom stuffs i'm not gonna buy from it but i'm incredibly like i it's it's just joyful to look at it's joyful to look at it they make pom-pom wreaths for christmas have you seen the pom-pom wreath yes oh my god i do not like it i do not like i love it i like the garlands though no i love the pom-pom wreath oh that's no i don't like that but i love the garlands it brings me an immense amount of joy but i will probably never purchase anything from there is this her i have no idea there's a really cute girl on there with the pom these look like those earrings i have from what's that brand what is that brand that I love with the fur pom-poms? Oh, two last. I have these two last fur pom-pom earrings, and these look a lot like that. It, it, for some reason, pom-poms are just something that, like, feel really joyful to me. Okay. I, I mean, I, I get that. I Again, I have, like, five pom-pom makers and no yarn right now. But <laughs> I'm into it. I'm following her. Okay. Yeah. What about on books? On books, you guys, I hate being that person that's like, I have no time to read, but this week I have had no time to read. I'm still reading – well, I was rereading this book for the book club, but I'm still reading Such a Fun Age, and I'm loving it. But I like – I'm only like 60% through Such a Fun Age, and that's what I was reading last week. I feel slow. So I finished Such a Fun Age because I'm a superior reader. You are. Well, this week you are. I'm kidding. No. I think um, you – like, life just gets busy sometimes. Yeah, I, Grace, I'm just making fun of you. I'm not. No, I know. I don't mean it. Um, so I finished it last night. It's so good. So it's about a black woman who is a babysitter for a white family. And the babysitter gets accused of kidnapping the child. And that happens very early in the book. And then it's kind of about, like, the aftermath and her relationship with the family and her relationship 
with her friends. And it's great. It's like something that I think at once manages to be very um, about very relevant um, cultural topics, but it's also very light. Like the book in itself is like kind of soapy and like very readable and light. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. And it comes out, um, I think, 1230 or 1231. Okay. The yeah. very, very end of this month. Yeah. It's a great Next book. Month. I I don't know what's going to happen. I'm I'm much further behind. Um, I can't wait to know. There's when you twist. leave, I'm going to be reading. There's a twist. Oh, I can't wait. I love a twist. So anyway, so I read, I finished Such a Fun Age. One thing I want to talk about. So had to reread this book for the book episode because I read it probably in like August and didn't quite remember it well enough to talk about it. So what I did, and this is the first time I've ever done this. So I listened to it on Audible and I loved it. I like loved that experience. So and you I, listened to it at t- twice the speed. Too. I, well, I worked my way up. OK. OK. So, I wish I did that because I felt like I couldn't I didn't finish rereading it completely. And I was I really think I'm gonna, annoyed at myself. I think I'm going to do this for all of the books that we have to reread. It's such a good experience. So I also fall asleep when I'm rereading because I get bored. Did, have you, did you have to take that quiz when you were a child where there was like some test about like what type of learner are you? Yes, I'm a visual learner. Me too. And so I don't usually do audiobooks because I'm not a good auditory learner. I think it's a good way though if you have already read it and you need a refresh. Absolutely. So like usually I would never have a use for audiobooks unless I'm rereading something. And it was so great because I started it when I was on the subway on my way to Penn Station to go to Philadelphia. And then like, you know, like through the hullabaloo of like getting into Penn Station, getting on the train. Then I was on the train and I was like answering DMs where it was like you can do two things at once kind of. That's great. So yeah, so I started at 1.25 and then I worked my way up. By the end, I was at like 2.5. I'm going to do this too and next time. Actually, the higher the speed, I felt like the more I had to pay attention to it. Which was good. Because they're talking fast. Because they're talking so fast. Um, but you can still understand it. And it was such a great way to like get a refresher. Interesting. Yeah. And I think the book was like originally it was like 10 hours. So, you know, you could like knock it out. And I probably knocked it out in like six. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. If you liked this book, tomorrow we have Andrea Dunlop on the podcast to talk about this book. And she has a dark secret. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to know it. I don't want to spoil it. And if you need a new book to read in December, we are reading One Day in December, which is a Christmas themed book from last year. And it was one of my favorite books that I read last year, actually. I'm actually so excited to reread this because I forget what happens. My copy just came in the mail from Amazon today. But um, oh, it's so it, good. I just remember that I loved it. It's so good. So I can't wait. I won't be doing an audio book for this one. I'm going to be reading the book. It's so good. Yeah. And if you would like more of us, you can come join our Facebook group and tell me what happened to Brittany Murphy. Yes. <laughs> you can follow us on at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And I also blog every day at thestripe.com. And that's that's what we got for you. See you on the flippy floppy. Yeah. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And happy Black Friday. <laughs> happy Black Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.